0: Well, as you can see from the pictures on the wall, this morning we are celebrating our 10th anniversary of our church. God has blessed us in many ways. And we want to praise Him this morning and give Him the thanksgiving for what He has done. So this morning in first light, we want to take a little time to reminisce about some things that you might remember, that I might not remember. And we want to call on different ones of you to share a few words about what you think about when you consider what great work God has done for us in our church. Let's begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we rejoice in this day that you have made. We are glad as we see the works of your hands. Father, we thank you that you are a God who answers prayer. We thank you, Lord, that you know what we need even before we ask, and yet you command us to ask, and it will be given to us. Lord, we thank you for every person that you have used in the building of this church, the organic church, the people, the sanctuary, the fellowship hall, everything that has been done. We thank you for every child who has been a part of this congregation. For every mom and dad, sister and brother, uh, grandparents. Father, we're very grateful to you that you have established a body with different parts. And as we interact together, Lord, we pray that we might fulfill the function of your body in a way that would be pleasing to you, in a way that would further your purposes on this earth and bring people to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for this time today when we can look back and consider the great work you have done. We think about times in Israel where there was a rehearsal of your mighty acts and your wondrous deeds so that uh, children wouldn't forget, so that none of us would forget. So we commit this time to you. We pray that you would bring to memory some of the things that would be encouraging and important to, uh, for us to remember. And we ask all these things in the mighty name of Jesus and for His sake. Amen. Well, I want to begin by sharing a couple of thoughts. Before we began this church, my thought was that we want to be a praying church. There are a lot of things that we might not be able to do, just a small church in a small town. But anybody can pray. And as I was looking in my journal early this morning, I looked back to the year 2002. That's a long time ago. And in April of that year, I had begun to record that we were praying about beginning a church in this area. We were attending the BCA church, and it was down in San Antonio at that time. And several people had asked us if we would begin a church here. And one family had asked us if we would teach a family-integrated Sunday school class. So I began to pray at that time. And then in May and June and July and August, and then June would have been a year before the church actually began. Then later in the fall, I met Bill Bushhouse, and we began to meet together to pray. And we prayed and we thought about a lot of things because we considered the fact that if we do begin a church we want to have the groundwork already done so we're not just walking along in the dark so we started thinking about what would be the distinctives of a church in Fredericksburg when there are 42 churches already in Fredericksburg so we began to write things down we wrote some position papers that you can see still in our church papers on the website We began to think about how we would do things. What would the Lord want us to do? What does the Scripture say? That was the important thing. And then we prayed that year, in January and February and March and April and May, and we looked at property. Now that was a very difficult challenge, because some guy would tell us, Oh, we got this beautiful piece of property. It would be a great place to have a church. And then we look at the plat- and that's down under the floodplain of the Pertinales River. And so uh, God led us, I guess, to look at every available piece of property in Gillespie County, I mean in, in this area. And we saw places that were barren land, no trees, just the ground out there. And we looked at buildings. We looked at various buildings because we were thinking, hey, we, just, we would do well if we don't even have to build a building. It would certainly be easy just to put a sign up on top of a building, and there we would be. So finally, we found a place where we could begin the church, the Historical Society. And we began in June 15th of 2003. That was more than a year after we had begun praying, after Yvonne and I had begun praying. And then we stayed at the Historical Society only about a month and a half. And in August, we moved to the middle school. And that was a great blessing. We'll talk some more about that later in the day. But we continue to pray, and we continue to pray. And every Sunday morning on the way to church, uh, most of the time, Daniel and Christopher, my nephews, would ride with us because we'd get there early and unload the car and get everything set up. And we began to drive by right in front of the church here, and we saw this nice property right next door. And it just looked like it might be a good place to have a church. You know, highway frontage. And So we began to pray that the Lord would give us that property. We saw a for sale sign on the property one day. Uh, We stepped up our praying. Had no idea that uh, the Lord might want us to be there, but He said, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. And we had certainly done the seeking. And we had knocked on a few doors too. So we began to pray and We prayed for about another year, and the for sale sign was gone. And we knew somebody else had bought that property. And then we prayed a while longer, and the for sale sign came back again. period of months. And so we stepped up the praying, and lo and behold, in um, one of those years there, 2006 or somewhere, you'll get the date later, I'm sure, uh, the Lord gave us 15 acres of property, about a quarter of a mile that way. And that was a wonderful thing. But we were kind of slow getting the deed and getting everything done. And we began wondering about tapping into the highway out there. It was going to be very expensive. So we just kept on praying. And then we saw a for sale sign on the house where Yvonne and I are living right now, right next door. And we thought, well, that's unusual. So uh, a company bought that place and all this property that owned the property next door, and we asked them if we could do a like-kind exchange of that property over there for this property here. Now, that's easy to talk about in about five minutes, but when it's stretched out into months and even years, that's a lot of praying and a lot of wondering, Lord, what do you want us to do? But I can tell you this morning that God is faithful. And as you look around you and see that we have a place to meet where the metal doors are not rattling in the wind in the background and where we don't have to uh, clean up after the Friday night dance at the middle school, it's just a great blessing to see what God has done. So I want to tell you how much I appreciate your prayers through the years and your prayers even now. Because now is when we really need to be praying because we're a larger target now. We used to be just a little bitty target, but now we're large enough to track the enemy's attention, so we want to be a praying church. Cody?
1: We're going to continue to hear from those of you who have been blessed and have testimony of... With the Lord's down, we could certainly put quite a few up here, but we just wanted to select a few this morning due to time. Mrs. Prady, are you in here? You ready? Come on.
2: Pray for me. Mm-hmm. I will just pray, yeah. Lord Jesus, thank you so much yeah. for this opportunity just to share the blessing that this body has been <clears throat> to our family and to our lives. And, dear Lord, I pray that you would just um, give me clarity of thought and um, help me to speak clearly in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, there's a verse in Ephesians. It's three verses 9 through 10, and I'm going to read from the amplified version, also to enlighten all men and make plain to them what is the plan regarding the Gentiles and providing for the salvation of all men of the mystery kept hidden through the ages and concealed until now in the mind of God who created all things by Christ Jesus. The purpose is that through the church, the complicated Many-sided wisdom of God in all its infinite variety and innumerable aspects might now be made known to the angelic rulers and authorities, principalities, and powers in the heavenly sphere. Um, When I think about that verse and how big God is and who God is, the fact that the church demonstrates that, and it says to the heavenly spheres and beings, but also to my children as a mom. When we come in here and we see the different gifts and talents and just the different backgrounds, the different stories people have and and everybody's always very faithful to share sometimes their struggles and, and how God got them through it and all those different stories reflect this, the complicated, many-sided wisdom of God in all its infinite variety and innumerable aspects so that, yeah, those, those powers and, and everything that will attack the church, attack the body of Christ, they see it and they tremble. But as Christians, we get to see it and rejoice that that's the God we serve and that's the body that we're a part of. And, and that's what this church has done for us and, and our family, reflected that. I think
1: one of the uh, more interesting age groups that we can hear from are those who were young in the church, and then as the years have gone by, now they're young adults. And you get that growth maybe a little more than than you would normally feel about when you're when you're just uh, an older person uh, where you you don't have them that age that maturity from say 11 to 12 years old now into your 20s is Beecher here Beecher you in here slipped out okay I'll call the next person Uh, the other person that another interesting is pre-marriage to marriage and the first person that got married in this church was Mark Welch so I'm going to ask Mark to come up and uh, share a little testimony here i going from not married, now married, and almost six children. So Mark, come on up. Of course. <laughs>
3: Well, I think it's a um, privilege to uh, be able to stand here and give testimony to what this uh, church has done in my life. Um, I think perhaps the most um, three important decisions you'll make in your life is your salvation and who you marry and where you go to church. And um, 10 years ago, I was uh, privileged to be praying with my daddy back on Headwaters Ranch. And as we were thinking about starting another church or starting a church in this area, like he said, and we had a lot of prayer um, go into that. And um, the Lord uh, brought this church together and started that. And, and then nine years ago, I was, again, praying with my daddy, uh, thinking about who I was going to marry. And um, the Lord brought to, brought to mind uh, Sharon Cade out in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. And <laughs> amen to that. And um, the Lord allowed that to come together. So I think this is kind of a unique anniversary uh, to me as well as Sharon and I will celebrate nine years, July the 31st. Um, and I think, I think the two kind of go together because uh, when you have a good church, that, kind of, that helps you uh, maintain your spiritual walk before the Lord and helps you maintain your marriage. And several ways this church has helped me maintain um, my uh, spiritual walk. My marriage is, first, I I see this church as an extension of my dad. I mentioned um, he has been an influence in my um, heart and life for many years. And I mentioned prayer. I've seen him praying. You know, growing up, we'd see see him praying, have our pictures in front of him. He'd be praying for us. And throughout the years, he's been faithful um, to counsel me and, and to help me along the way. And uh, that's been just a huge help, and I see uh, that in this church as well. The discipleship—I—I I I can't count the number of men I've, I can feel like I can come to and have gone to in this church along the way. Just when questions when I had, how do you do this? Or you know, you're you're five or ten years down the road, you know, how how would you do this? Or where'd you do that? And it's been such a huge blessing to have that opening. Uh, with the men of this church that i could have and i feel like the men have the same heart that is kind of an extension of my dad that had the same heart up for discipleship and the multitude of counselors there's wisdom and i feel like i've gained much wisdom from uh, meeting with the men of this church in various ways in different aspects throughout and as well as as our vision expands um, with god giving us uh, more children along the way um, all of y'all have been a big help, you know, as we've been, um, our wiggle row in the back, and y'all, you know, have put up with that, and um, just helped us with uh, food along the way. Um, one of our, one of the hardest times we had was when Mel- uh, Sharon had to go on bed rest uh, with Melanie in December two- 2008, and we had food from the church, and we had, you know, young ladies say, hey, can we come over and help? And I just, I've never had such, felt such a helping hand in my life when I've had a really big, big need. And um, that's just been so, such a blessing to our family. And then, and then just the sweetness of the fellowship. Um, you know, as, as we try to keep, you know, six little children going in the right direction, um, we don't have much time to talk or, or chat or fellowship. But when we do, it's, it's, it's really, it's really a blessing. And uh, y'all have been so gracious to us as you've, you've helped us um, take care of these little kids. And so, my prayer is that in uh, 10 years, we'll see the 20th anniversary of the church and we'll see the 19th anniversary of my marriage.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Beecher, yeah.
4: come on up. Hey, sorry. this mic is wireless, right? Can I pull it off? Hey, Mac, will you look up um, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 for me? So, I've been here. We've, our family, the Proaches, have been here for 10 years. And that just, like, blows my mind. That's half my life. So I started out, like, Ace's size, like, way down here. And then I've kind of grown not as much as the Bears, but I'm here now. <laughs> and Ezra's catching up with me. Um, but anyway, it's been just an amazing time. And I think some of the, one of the things that I've learned Mr. Welch was talking about, just kind of like a an atmo- a prayer atmosphere. And that's a huge thing that we have, that's been stressed in my life and that I've learned in this church. And... Anything, Any idea, or idea opportunity, um, decision that I'm trying to make or that our family's trying to make, we always well, we pray about it. And then the Welches are huge prayer supporters. But I wanted Mac to read Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 for me really quick. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. So the lesson to me that one of the big ones that I've learned throughout the past 10 years has been that we can't do anything on our own. You know, we can try to make something happen or try to go somewhere, try to do something. But without prayer, it's not going to happen. And if we pray, especially if you get the Welches praying on it, it probably will happen or you'll get a great answer. You'll get an answer. Um, so, But anyway, prayer has been huge. Um, and then also, just the people. I mean, you guys are awesome. It's like, You kind of envision like a Roman, you know, like the Roman Legion. They have their massive shields, and they hook arms, and they're marching forward to a common goal. And that's kind of like what I feel like with you guys, is that we're all, like, some of us might be a little, like, view things a little differently or whatever. But we're all marching towards the same goal, right? So that's a huge encouragement. Like, I can, Max and Tim and Chance and Zach and girls, too. Okay, I'm not excluding you. Um, Grace and Liza and Gussie. Um, But we can all, we're all hooked arms, and we're marching forward towards a common goal. So so then I told Stephanie, she asked me last night if I would share some memories, and I said, oh yeah, for sure, but probably some of them will have a little humorous side, because I'm kind of a humorous person. So so Mr. Welch mentioned cleaning up after um, uh, dances on Friday night at the middle school, and so they would get there, They would. I don't know, back then I didn't get up too early, so it was insanely early hour, probably like 7.30 or something, but anyway... <laughs> But they would get to the middle school. There's a picture of it back there on the wall right over Chris's head. And they would just, like, scrub the floors, scrub the tables, everything. It was nasty. But the picture doesn't show. Our church has met in some really funny places. But over to the side, like, Chris and um, Daniel would get there in the morning. They'd, like, maneuver the whiteboard, you know, to the wall. Oh, we got to, like, because there's a disco ball hanging here. (laughs) Painted on the wall, like, right here. And then there's, like, a dancing couple right here, like, oh. And so they would, like, try to maneuver the whiteboard in front of the dancing couple, like, oh, you know, ooh. So, and then another thing, I've learned how to recycle. Um, the pews in the church, at, at the middle school, you didn't feel or look under the table, because, you know, like, people like to put their gum under there. So, so, you don't go under the table at the middle school. But, so we moved out of the middle school. We were, we were relieved. No more gum. And then... We went to Arkansas to pick up the pews. And, yeah, church people aren't so innocent of sticking <laughs> gum underneath pews. My word. So so we, like, spent, so many people spent hours scraping gum off the bottom of pews. But I have, I mean, recycling, I've learned to recycle. Because I've seen several little kids. Some of you who are squeamish might want to cover your ears. Several little kids, I mean, or even... A couple at the middle school, but more like when we're scraping the pews, like, ooh, I wonder what flavor gum this is. Like, let's try it. Oh, probably like juicy fruit, maybe like 40 years old, you know? Let's try another one. So, anyway, but it's been such a blessing to be here for 10 years, and I'm looking forward to hopefully another 10 years and praying that um, the Lord will bless all of y'all and bless this church's ministry.
1: You'll you'll see later in in the day we went back to the middle school this week to film a little uh, montage there and they actually have painted all the walls white and there are no longer there's no longer the mural that dominated that entire I guess uh, west wall yeah so it's all gone <clears throat> okay Mr Zach Clark.
5: Good morning. So, unlike Beecher, I'm going to start out with the stories instead of the other way around. So, I don't—I wasn't as young as Beecher, but I was pretty young. Ten years ago was a while back. Uh, 14. Football was on my mind. Love football. We're going out with Preston and Cody and Cade and everybody after church and doing the unreligious thing and playing football, and we had a blast. We had a blast with football. And uh, I can remember um, after church one day, uh, right after the service, I'm in the back on one of those comfortable chairs with those no back pews. That was nice, really comfy. And I was kind of sprawled out, kind of half dozing off, and all of a sudden I, I hear Zach and kind of dazed. I, I, it was Mr. Welch up on stage. Zach. Oh no. Will you pray for us? Oh, oh, uh, it was a very short prayer. Um, but I, I learned to pay attention after that. (laughs) Lots of good memories at the middle school. The the next phase, as people have talked about, at, is in the barn. And I can remember finding your chair. Now they had backs. They're actually chairs. This is good. This is a step up. Find a chair. And about ten minutes into the service, a late family shows up. <laughs> Somebody's late. And you, you're you in your comfy chair, and there's nowhere else for them to go. So about Six or eight of us guys get to stand in the back for an hour or two. It was a blessing. It really was a blessing. It was a blessing. I have no hard feelings at all. <laughs> and then, the, of course, the next week, you're the ten minutes late person. And the the door's in the side of the barn. And so it's just horribly awkward. You You kind of open the door and... Are they singing? Are they, uh, let's go in when they're singing. Yeah. And everybody's like, there's late people over here. Man. So anyway, really, really good good times in the barn. Um, now on a more serious note, uh, I have to reiterate what Beecher said in that it's really the people that have impacted my life um, in the way that, that you guys have. It's 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 been a a fun journey. Um, I must say that I've grown a lot since, uh, the first service that I attended at FCF. Uh, God has really worked in my life through you all, through Kristen, through my family. It has been an amazing, amazing thing. And and God is faithful. God has encouraged me in many ways and I'm grateful to be here with you today. It's, it's just been, it's been great. Um, I do want to thank you guys for the support that you guys have given us, Kristen and I especially lately, but also my family in the past. Um, I know we can call any one of you up um, at a moment's notice and you'll be there for us. So thank you for that. Um, And I do want to thank the the men in this church, the older men and and guys like Cody and and Chance and Preston and others that have, have spoken into my life. Um, it's been a, it's been a much needed thing um, I, I, I didn't really begin to grow and desire to strengthen my walk with the lord until about 18 or 19 and since then it's been um, it's really been you guys that have been encouraging me and, and helping me along the way so anyway that's that's what God has done in my life through this church and I'm grateful thank you
6: Well, I remember that day ten years ago, and I remember walking into that. What was it called? historic society, historical society, historical society building, and it was such a pretty building and such a neat place, and what a wonderful beginning to the last decade of our lives, and I'm so grateful that God brought us to this place, and the discipleship, well, there's two words, really, that I think about when I think about Fredericksburg Christian Fellowship. One is discipleship, and one is love, and um, the discipleship didn't just start then. It started actually earlier when I was probably mid-teens. Um, because I was still under Mr. Welch's teaching then. And and I want to bring up Lucy. She was a discipler for me. And I remember, I mean, you guys probably remember, especially pre-marriage years, you remember wherever Lucy went, it was like children would just go around her and they would hover, sort of like orbiting a moon or something. Or something. <laughs> and And I thought, it was such a great example to me. And she would just take me under her wing and she would you know, let me teach Bible studies with her. And we'd learn stuff like the faith, faith is a flag flown high. And she would send me little notes and she would almost always ask me, now, Stephanie, how can I pray for you? And I would think, wow, that's really, that's just so serious and purposeful, the relationship was. And she's not the only one. I point her out as an example, but that's, I think, a representation of this church. It's very purposeful, and we have relationships that have gone through a lot of difficulties and a lot of, meaning difficulties as far as people experiencing sicknesses or problems and issues that come up in our lives, and yet we stick together. And we have been under faithful biblical teaching all of those years, and it's just made a tremendous difference, I know, in my life. And I think that those of you who have been here for any number of years can say the same thing. Um, So... Those of y'all who know me um, know our family pretty well. You know that about five or six years ago, we entered what we call grandparent season, and um, my dad's parents, my dad's dad, was had cancer and he was declining. So he ended up moving into our home, and my grandmother had gone blind, the one in Dallas. And so, long story short, there was no more room in the end, and I ended up going to Dallas to help take care of my grandmother for about a year and a half. I was pretty much out of the, out of the church, and. I guess I just really realized in a very strong way how grateful I am for the fellowship of this church and for the, for the biblical teaching because it wasn't there. And even though I was able to connect with a, like a good solid church and eventually you know, gain some friends, it was not like this at all. Like it just didn't even compare. And um, during that time, I was you know mid 20s, somewhere around there, and it was a really hard time for me. I didn't. I was very lonely. Didn't really want to be doing what I was doing, and I started questioning, like, just convictions that I had, and just a lot of things. And um, not that I was just going to leave the faith or anything, but I was definitely questioning things. And I guess it was sort of like what I call my midnight midlife crisis, <laughs> mid twenties crisis. And um, it was hard. You know, it was really hard. I remember just sitting in the living room at my grandma's home. My grandma was doing something else. I would taken care of her or whatever. And I was just crying and crying because there were just so many things that I was facing and dealing with and struggling with in my own life. And yet, even though I didn't have that weekly support, which I think made, would have made a huge difference here in this church, I had y'all's prayer support. And I remember coming back at different times and going to Bible study on Tuesday nights. And people like Mr. Proach or someone would come up, Mr. Bolton we have been praying for you. How are you doing? And I'm just like, wow, it's not out of sight, out of mind, here. I mean, they remember me, and they're praying for me, and it makes such a huge difference. And like what Mr. Welch said and several other people have said about prayer, I mean, it's for real. And the prayer that we have in this church is really um, tremendous and has made a big difference. And I also remember many times during that time calling Mr. Welch or calling Mrs. Welch, um, you know, and saying, what do you think about this, or what do you think about that, or having meetings with them and asking them questions about stuff, and they really discipled me through that. And um, that's when I ordered my Wayne Grudem's Systematic Theology, started working through that. Um, So, and then also, you know, um, a couple of years ago, going through a really difficult time with a relationship break that I had, and definitely one of the hardest most painful experiences I ever experienced yet. It was extremely merciful. But, um, I remember that first Sunday coming back after that experience and I remember coming in and I was just like, just, just not up to par at all. And, and being there and, um, just the, the, so the way that you all surrounded me with love was amazing. And I particularly wanted to want to know just that First of all, lots of the ladies would come, and they didn't say, tell me all about it. How are you doing? What happened? Or anything like that. It was instead, (laughs) it was just all the ladies came, and they just gave me a hug, and they just said, we love you, we're praying for you, or something like that. But then, almost every single father came up to me and spoke into my life on that Sunday. And they would say, you know, just truth, God's truth. And I remember just being overwhelmed by that because I just thought, wow, you know, it's that was just a huge, tremendous blessing. But again, that's, I think, a picture. And I got to experience what some others have experienced as they've gone through, you know, dealing with cancer or um, other struggles in life, and you have seen the church just surround you. Well, that's what I got to experience, and it was really a tremendous thing. And it reminds me of a family family and how sometimes, um, you know, we go through thick and thin, but we stick together. We stick together. It doesn't mean we're always going to be in this church. I mean, God may take different people different places, but when you're here together, whether you, you know, feel like giving that person a hug or not, you still show love to them, and um, you still stick together, and um, just like a couple other people have mentioned, the church is not Um, a building and it's not a unit but it's actual people it's the body of Christ it's the church it's part of the church universal and this fellowship part of what makes us strong is um, is the faithful leadership that we've had throughout the years different men that have really served and um, you know truly I don't think we would be where we are today if it hadn't been for the faithful incredibly servant-hearted men that have really laid down their lives in ways that we don't even know throughout the years, Mr. Welch and the other um, elders and leaders. So I praise the Lord for this church family and that he's had me here for the past 10 years.
1: Just going to give some closing thoughts before we go. Thank you, everybody, who has shared. And I'm sure there has been some memories that have been sparked in your own mind. So if those have, hold on to those. There may be an opportunity later in the day. Just in closing here, let's turn to, if you have your Bible with you, turn to 1 Peter 2 for me. I want to share some, uh, just some memories or some thoughts that uh, that God has placed on my heart that have happened over the last nine years. Interestingly enough, as I'm sitting over here doing the math in my head, the longest I've ever been at one church is 10 years. But when you start at three years old, 13, You don't get the same effect from 21 to 30. It's not quite the same growth and understanding of what's going on. So in many ways, I would say that the majority of um, the molding of one church in my Christian life has been in this church. And there's a lot of grace that has been given there. And I'm able to see a lot of things. And now as as a pastor, going to other churches and talking to other pastors, we have something here that is very unique. And no one can lay a finger on it because it's the hand of God. And so it's difficult to say, well, it's that or it's this or it's this person or it's that group. It's very difficult to describe. In fact, people will come to our church and you may not hear this. So hear it now. They'll come to our church and maybe they'll be at our house or at the Welch's house afterward for a meal or something. And they'll say, you guys have something. And we'll ask them, what is it? Because you don't want to lose it, whatever that is. And they'll, I, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what. But just whatever you're doing, don't stop. So I, I want to exhort you to continue, uh, to continue in the faith and to grow. And this is what I'm going at here in First Peter two. Let's start in verse nine. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of Him. ...who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world... ...to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they may accuse you of doing wrong... They may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. One of the seismic shifts that you would notice in this church is when we began 10 years ago, the Zach Clarks of the world were 14 and Beecher was, I guess, around 10 or 11. Uh, There was a lot of little kids. We really didn't have any older. And when I walked into this church at uh, 21 years of old, I was the oldest guy. The next youngest guy was my brother and then i think it went austin dryer and chris welch and tony paradia and then there was only two other young three other young ladies that were older than me bethany uh well bethany's younger it was cassandra dryer and bethany and myself and stephanie and lucy we were the oldest and uh barely barely still we're still wet behind the ears i guess at 21 years so a lot of a lot of young people, and we 've seen a growth, and one of the growth one of the amazing things that i 've seen that I give testimony to people when they say what 's the Lord doing in your church?" I say the young people the young people are beginning to drive this, not drive this in terms of let 's cast things off let 's do this in a free way, but driving into how can we become more christ like how can we done this in a stronger scriptural way we 're we're, we're beginning to go from the young people where we have to abstain, and you kind of have to come to this training period of time, which you see verse 11 to the 12, to verse 12, where we're beginning to go out. And you see this, whether it's an evangelism, or whether it's the sanctity of life, or these other things where we're beginning, these young people, our young people are, that are now 25 and 26 and 23 are beginning to go. And now the 19 year olds and the 20 year olds and the 16 year olds are doing things that Uh, us as 21-year-olds were doing because they're catching that vision. You can begin to see this stepping down where we're beginning to look and say, how can we live good lives for the glory of God among the pagans that though they accuse us of doing wrong, they may see our good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits. A church is oftentimes uh, molded not through the easy times, but through the hard times, and we've certainly had some hard times. We've had transfers from different places, and you can look at the pictures. But we went from the middle school to the barn in one week under difficult circumstances, and God was was faithful. Um, prayer has been mentioned, and prayer is what has gotten us through most of this. But what I love about this church is, um, and I again, having gone from twenty one to thirty now, or almost thirty, maybe I have a skewed vision. But in the other churches that was at three years from about 14 to 17 where i really began to grasp on the reformed faith Uh, but that church didn't have what this church had has in that this church walks with you through difficult times very closely whether it's my son thinking that we had a a potential tumor and cancer situation whether it's the difficult pregnancies that we walk through Uh, whether it's uh, death of close friends such as tom lee different circumstances that god has uh, brought my family through there have always been people there always been people to give a hug always been people to give a meal always been an email Uh, maybe it's due to the pastorate i'm not sure but it's amazing to see the groceries that show up on your porch or the email that comes in a timely manner especially for a young man trying to figure out how to do this pastoral thing when one of you will send me an email that says thank you so much for what you're doing continue what you're doing continue to grow that really, really encourages. And we have that. And I continue and I urge you to continue uh, reaching out to the body of Christ in that way. We have, uh, we don't have a flashy church. This is what I'll end on. We, we could do a lot of different things. We have a beautiful sanctuary. We could work it in a lot of different manners. And one of the things that we have, one of the mantras that we've had is the main things are the plain things. And we've stuck to that. We've stuck to uh, congregational worship. We've stuck to systematic expositional preaching through the word. We've stuck to strong prayer. We've stuck to discipleship. We've stuck to, uh, seeking to promote godly mothers and womanhood and seeking to promote godly masculine men. And, uh, we don't grow fast at this church, but you're beginning to see God has laid a foundation. I'm really excited What will we look like in 10 more years? Because in 10 more years, uh, the majority of this church is actually between the ages of about 20 and 35. That's the majority of this church. And that will move to uh, 30 to 45. And God has laid a rich foundation. Now, the enemy is at work. And he certainly wants to come in and destroy that. And he certainly wants to tear that down. So I exhort you to continue to fight hard in that. But what will God do? How will he use a small work? How will he use your family? And it isn't just a group. It's individuals within a family. And so don't be thinking, well, I'm going to let everybody else do the work. You're required to handle your own responsibility and your own gifts. But what will the Lord do? And I believe he will do something amazing. I think he may be using us to put a mark not just in Fredericksburg, but in Texas and maybe the world over. We're beginning to see that. Look at Andrew Martin. Uh, being able to send him uh, to far reaches of the world to proclaim the gospel. What will God do in 10 years? And I encourage us to be excited about that and to really think wide open. The, the, some of the testimonies you'll hear later, when you start, uh, school from, uh, start a church from scratch, how many hymnals do you buy? And a lot of things were made on faith. Let's buy a hum, 100 hymnals. 100 hymnals. Why do we need 100 hymnals? 120 plus people showed up on the first day. So let's think broad vision. Let's look at scripture and say, what would God have us do? And then obviously pray, but don't be afraid to seek the Lord and uh, step out in faith, seeing what he might do for his glory. Let's pray. Oh God, we thank you that you have called us out of darkness into your marvelous light. And we give you all the honor and we give you all the glory and we give you all the praise because there is nothing, not one iota, of anything that has been done in the past 10 years, that you did not have your sovereign, glorious hand on, that without your blessing, without your grace, we would not be here this day. So we, we do not want to in any way lift up man. We, we certainly want to honor those who you have worked through, but that we might see you and what you have done. Oh, Father, we thank you. thank you for your faithfulness to us. We thank you, Lord, for the growth that you have given us, both as a body and as individuals. And we can only plead for more grace to become more like you, that in that dark world that we go into and live in every day, that we might shine as bright lights, as aliens, as sojourners, but that the world may see us, see the good deeds and works done out of love for you and glorify our Father which is in heaven. Father, I thank you for this morning, this day, the opportunity to fellowship and rejoice and reminisce and look back. But as we look back and as we rejoice and reminisce, may we see your hand in a mighty way, and may that drive us forward. Because in many ways, the best is yet to come. The work has just begun. The foundation has just been laid. And what will we build on it? And may we build in a way, Lord, not a not a building, but may we build a church, the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, in a way that when the final day is here and we stand before you. That in that judgment, in that fiery trial, we might see uh, gold and silver and precious jewels come forth, things that stood the test we might cast it at your feet and give you praise may your name be lifted high may you be with us this day come pour out afresh your spirit upon us in jesus precious and holy name we pray amen